Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. And uh, with me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Nate. Yeah, what's up, man? What's your hump day looking like today? I mean, are you just stricken with the sickness? It's Thursday. We passed hump day long ago. Yeah, You know, this whole quarantine Uh, thing has got me working from home now and messed up <laughs> the days all kind of run together i saw yeah. this uh, this amazing meme that we actually posted on our page and it said just in case you're wondering today is march 97th and <laughs> that made complete sense to me so yeah. i had to repost it even though it wasn't really political but man yeah the days are just all running together i don't the only thing that tells me that it's a weekday is that the market was open yeah uh, but then other than that during the weekends i spend so much time still staring at stock charts that it, uh, I, it really all bleeds together. Every day is just the same. When I close my eyes, I see pullbacks and breakouts, and that's just really it. Every so, day you're bleeding. It sounds that's like that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. I, that's that's all I ever see. And uh, yeah, so we've been trading like all day today. Just sent out an email to everyone doing a live Q and A tonight. I guess this is a plug for MasterMyTrades.com. I didn't really expect to go into that so quickly yeah but hey mastermytrades.com if you're interested in learning the very basics about the stock market on to uh, different strategies that you can use to trade consistently well then you want to go check out mastermytrades.com and that's what we spend pretty much all of our day doing other than putting together show notes and posting on social media and reading all kinds of different statistical studies of any kind that we can economic surveys and different numbers like that between there, we also trade stocks all day. So, hey, if you guys are interested, go to mastermytrades.com. Nate forgets about it, but we also have a healthcare software development company. <laughs> that, yeah, I haven't been at that, the office yeah. in, in like two weeks now. So you haven't had to listen to any of my calls or anything. Yeah, it's not really, I feel like it's not really a part of my life anymore, except for that you and I are on the phone and on Skype pretty much all day, and I still get to hear too many of your phone calls. Yeah, too too many is the is the is the number of phone calls that I get to hear from you. We had so. a few people, by the way, Nate. I don't know if you saw this that took advantage of our extended free trial that we ran for the April Fool's Day special. So I'm glad you all were able to get in there. Uh, it is now it's taken off. It's no longer there, and so you cannot get the free trial if you want to be a part of this action. You got to sign up. We told you guys, we gave you over a month to get but in now, there. Now, how do we create scarcity now? Hey, listen, everyone, if you're interested in the class, tomorrow the price is going to go up 20 times more expensive than what it is today. <laughs> okay, so you got to get in today. That's it. We're going to start price gouging the hell out of everyone pretty soon. Well, we so, got to take it off. You know, Eventually, yeah. you, you have to stop extending. Eventually. I know. I know. Or so, there's not really any scarcity. So, listen, do you want to tell everyone about what they should do? What should they do today? The number one thing that you should do is subscribe to this podcast. During this pandemic, you're asking yourself, what can I do with my own life? And that is a great question. It's the age old question of humanity. What's our purpose? Well, your purpose is to subscribe to the Good Morning Liberty podcast so that you can be more informed and you can prepare better for every single day. By doing that. So on your favorite app that you're listening to the show right now, some of you listen on the website. That's probably part of the 8% that aren't subscribed. And so I'm talking to all of you. You just hit that follow. If you're on Spotify or you hit that subscribe button 
on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen. And that way, every single day when we record, it just goes right, just right there. It automatically downloads for you. And it's then magic. As man, it comes straight from space. As you're confused on if, if it's March 92nd or if it's April 48th, you'll know by listening to the show and, want, and, and listening to us fumble over the dates until we eventually get it right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Do you want a quick COVID watch update before we yeah, dive in? Today's going to be a little bit of a shorter show, so I do apologize for that. Um, but we have other things to get to tonight. And so that's just, the, it is the way it is, but a uh, quick COVID watch update. We have reached 1 million cases. You can't see it, but on live, I'm doing the Dr. Evil pinky to the corner of my mouth. Um, so basically the virus has now adapted laser beams with, uh, with freaking sharks, laser beams, sharks, sharks attached to its, yeah. to its hat, its head. <laughs> And that's uh, their laser beams with sharks attached yeah, to their hats. It's inverted. It's an inverted virus now. And, you know, it's still drunk, obviously, Corona. But anyway, we've reached a million. We've got 52,000 deaths. And, um, you know, this thing is obviously just taken off like a rocket ship. Good news for my family is Stephanie uh, finally got a test today. Now, she's had a fever for 15 days in a row. In a row. I've never seen that before, unless you're sick. And uh, so it sounds like she's sick. And I had another fever last night. I don't know how you're doing. I know you had a fever and Lacey had a fever last week. I don't I don't know what it's been like lately. I've um, had a fever in about a week now. That's good. So that's, what, that's how mine was, by the way. You yeah. and I are very similar. I had a few fevers, went away, few fevers, went away. And then last night I felt the worst I've felt. Um, but it's like day 14 for me since being exposed. But um, anyway, we've reached a million cases. We have 240,000 in the United States with 5,810 5, deaths um, and 82,000 active cases. Almost 100,000 cases in New York State alone. Um, and we're still on lockdown, I guess, until, well, I guess the country is until April 30th. Now, uh, I'm trying to do the quick math on the... We're basically, about 2%, a little bit more than 2% for us now. Yep. Little, last Yesterday, we talked about it was 2.2%. This math is a little more difficult in my head. What's 240 divided by... Or 6 divided by 240, Nate? It's still, it's, it's still around about a billion is what I'm getting on a, my calculator. A billion percent? So, yeah, right around a billion. Is uh, what I'm getting. So, um, yeah. So a billion the, people you know, are going to die in the United States. A billion people in the next month will die in the United States yeah. alone. So that that's the latest numbers coming out of the Trump White House. So that is not good. And we've only got 32 ventilators left. So <laughs> that is that is the main problem that we're having. Now, this isn't funny. Uh, it's not funny that people die. We're against death. We're against we're against viruses. We're against disease. That's like uh, our second tagline. We're, it's, it's like Good Morning Liberty. We're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And then we're against death. That's like the second yeah. tagline. We've already got that, that one be, trademarked. You think that would be obvious because the first thing is life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And I'm against this virus because it is taking away your life and your liberty and your ability to pursue meaning against your will. So I'm strongly against this virus. And existing. that's why we believe in your your ability to bear arms, you know, and your, <laughs> your, you should be able to protect yourself against these, yeah. these yeah. demon viruses. That yeah, now have the, laser beams, apparently, with sharks they, attached to them. 
Yeah, they, so laser beams have sharks attached to them, and that's even scarier. So that's <laughs> that's that's way worse. Uh, but yeah, and you know the Second Amendment that applies to this virus too, and the Third Amendment, obviously the the right to have test kits. Uh, we've been really strongly in favor of that lately, and that that's obviously been trampled over over the last couple months. So we got to make sure that we get back on track as far as that goes. But uh, how's Italy looking? Tell me about Italy. Italy, let's see their numbers. Uh, I'm got to scroll down here just a little bit. Italy, 115,000 cases with 13,000 deaths. Okay, so they Almost went a little bit below 10% now. Almost 14,000 deaths. Yeah, just a little bit below 10. And Spain, the old Spaniards here, 112,000 cases with 10,000 deaths. So they're in a little bit better shape. I'm sorry, I think I misspoke there because you said 115,000 cases and 13,000 something deaths. So that's still yes, above 10%. It is. So, yeah. Still I, about 10.6, I failed, I failed spelling. And uh, so I just messed stuff like that up sometimes. Now, it Spain happens. is a touch under uh, 10%. Okay. Germany well, is in fourth place, um, which they were way further down in the world wars, but. Fourth place coming up here, 85,000 cases, 1,107. You know, we're just living in a world right now where up is down and down is is left. Still down. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell where my head begins and, and where you are. I don't, I, I got to tell you, man, you're not making a lick of sense at I know. all. Have you been drinking again? I know. Man, just, I'll just, tell you what. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. And obviously, from all these numbers that we've been talking about, what you hear for sure is that this is all Donald Trump's fault and that we need more government intervention. And if we would have had a bigger government, then that would have stopped this from happening because we see clear evidence that all the countries that have more uh, centralized power, well, well, they – their people, if they get sick from this, they're much better off than they are in the United States, for sure. I mean, it's it's in the numbers, uh, I think. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, we've got a few non-coronavirus stories today, which I think is, is nice for a change. Uh, by a few, I mean we've got one. We've got one story that's not coronavirus. So we're going to keep about the same ratio, uh, one story non-coronavirus, and then next story all the entire bit of news that everyone talks about all the time. But this story right here comes from fee.org, one of our favorite websites in the entire world, the Foundation for Economic Education. All right. So Harvard study finds consumers don't care if businesses are licensed, but they do consider customer reviews and pricing. How about that? Now, that is just crazy. We've been talking. So how long have we been talking about this, Nate? I know that's we've probably we've before about, you even were in the womb. You were talking about it when you were just a, a a lonely seed. I was. That's I mean that's the that's darn that's darn truth right there, man. I tell you what, and you know the the thing is, before reviews, before Jeff Bezos decided to make everyone uh, to allow everyone to review things, and eBay was allowing everyone to review things before all that happened. You know, you could get bad products and bef this before the internet time and everything like that, and and maybe there was no way of really knowing other than the word on the street or maybe the newspaper had to do a back page article about what businesses sucked and what businesses were good. But these days, you get reviews all the time. So 
and the question of thanks doing, thanks to the greedy capitalist Jeff Bezos, by the way. Yeah, and they, they hated it. By the way, I read a great story about how Jeff Bezos to um, put the review system on the books, starting with their with their books, and the booksellers hated it. They were begging him to take it back off of there. And he was like, uh, no, our, our customers are going to know whether or not other customers liked what you were selling, whether or not you did a good job, and we're going to establish trust with these customers. And so if you want to ask yourself, what's better at establishing trust in a business as a consumer? Is it the fact that they were able to pay the $75 to get the license from the government? Or is it the fact that thousands of consumers have said that they do a good job? And if you're if you're if your basic point is that you want to make sure consumers are getting good products and no one's getting hosed and taken advantage of, which one would you trust more? So this is from Harvard. So you know what's good. Hopefully uh, Ben Shapiro did it. I'm not sure. We'll see. A recent study by MIT, Harvard, Stanford, and Boston University found that consumers care far more about reviews and prices than government mandated credentials. The already crippling credentialization of the workforce via burdensome and unnecessary occupational licensing laws is hitting workers particularly hard during the coronavirus pandemic. Oops, we talked about coronavirus. Thus making it more difficult for job seekers to find work. Indeed, seemingly reasonable requirements that electricians and healthcare professionals be licensed has given way to ludicrous laws mandating that adult film stars, hair braiders, and tree trimmers get the state's seal of approval stemming workers who are desperate to shift to new vocations in this period of skyrocketing unemployment. Consumers are assured that such onerous requirements lead to more informed choices and a better structured marketplace, but the evidence doesn't bear this out. You know, just a bit of side information that my wife was just talking about it because she used to, when she uh, was, how old, old she was at this time, maybe 1920, she used to do nails. And she was an aesthetician. She had that license. And she was just talking like, well, if something happens and I get laid off, it'd be cool if I could just do some nails on the side. And she was like, well, my license expired. And there, and I'm just not going to be able to do that. And so we, we were literally just talking about this last night. Yeah. A, a recent study by researchers from MIT, Harvard, Sanford, Boston found that uh, – oh, let me go one, one more time. This says in their study. In their study, released as a working paper in January – the team of four scholars examined data from a large unnamed platform where consumers can hire professionals for home improvement services. Consumers shopping around per, for professionals can take a look at workers' ratings along with one to five stars metric as well as their price and proof of licensure. So this is some of those – I can't remember the name of like the Tackle app, things like that where you can go get handymen Angie's on list. there or women, either one. Angie's List, right? Uh, yeah, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a home advisor, those kind of things. On the platform, these vendors have to wait a few days between submitting their licensure documents to the website and the website uploading and displaying them publicly. This waiting time gave the researchers the opportunity to see if displaying government credentials alone increases consumers' willingness to use the professional service. The results are in, and drumroll, the researchers found no effect of the licensing signal on the hiring choice. However, they did find significant positive impacts for each of the reputation measures, uh, which is the average rating and number of reviews, and significant negative effects of prices. In other words, consumers want professionals who offer low prices and are well-reviewed by others, not vendors given the green light by government officials. Well, who's going to keep that, us safe, crazy? though? I mean, who's going to... 
I don't understand. If the government doesn't approve, how are we going to be safe? I don't, I'm not sure. You know, I did, I, I kind of flipped houses for, for a bit in Nashville by kind of, I mean, we did 215 houses. Uh, so quite, quite a few. And I never did have a, I'm sorry to tell you, I did not ever go get a contractor's license. I, now there was an umbrella contractor over us who did have a license. And you know what you do to go get a license? You take a test that's basically no offense to anyone, but it's uh, going to be your basics, your very, very basics, and you're going to pay them a fee. Now, that's the important part. You're going to mm-hmm. pay them a fee to get the license. You're going to get a what color is a stop sign test, and then you're going to pay them a fee. Now, that's the important part about that license. And the thing is, the having the license, passing that test, says nothing about whether or not I was good at doing that job what, whatsoever. That's not what people care about. They care about whether or not people are doing the, the, a good job and whether or not the, their previous customers are actually happy with the service that they And they're performed. economically viable for, and, for people's budgets. Exactly. So this, this whole business with licensure laws making us safer, one thing people don't realize, uh, you could cram overnight for the test – and then you could retake the test or you could retake the test and you could retake the test. And the the important part there is that they get to charge you a fee while doing so. And it's really just a way for them to scrape in some money while giving you a seal of approval to operate as a business. And it does nothing to ensure that you're actually going to do a good job. And the problem is it can create a false sense that you're going to do a good job. To mm-hmm. me, that's the worst part. If you were to look at one person who doesn't have a license and one that does and just assume that the person with the license is going to do a better job, that's dangerous. But what if they both have consumer reviews online and you were just able to take the one that actually had better reviews? Would you really care whether or not one of them did or did not have a license if you had a thousand reviews and their rating was 4.9 and they didn't have a license? And the one that did had a thousand reviews and their rating was 3.1. And you'd be like, well, I, I think I need to go with the one that has a license. But no, no. It's not like there's not any it. extra ramifications or anything like that. I mean, there's nothing. You can get them stripped of their license, but that's it. Yeah. It's the same. You would have to sue them in civil court. It's the exact same procedure if something goes wrong. Yeah, so, nothing changes except for the government doesn't get a cut for giving you a certificate. That's, exactly. That's about it. And it's just, it's such a burden on people. And when we talk about people being as free as they possibly can be to achieve whatever their potential is, which is way more than what people are achieving, things like this is what holds them back. Like this, this is making it harder for poor people to move up. It's, it's just keeping people down. So you want to keep going? Yeah. Well, uh, I think that, I think we pretty much covered you know, I think we pretty much covered it, but they do talk about prices in here. So we can go through some of this. Uh, there's ample evidence that high prices in particular keep consumers away from certain professionals. And as noted, licensure may be a key contributor toward those high prices. To determine the impact of licensing requirements on prices, the team studied the strictness of those requirements, which is training, education, and by the state and occupation. They then tried to figure out how that impacted things like service prices and the level of competition within a sector. The scholars found that these strict laws result in higher prices and fewer options, as workers eager to enter the market simply cannot afford the cost of licensure. Imagine Especially that. in cosmet- uh, cosmet- 
ology. I mean, you're talking now hair school cost anywhere from 15 to 40, $50,000. And this is one thing that happened in Tennessee is they we ended up getting uh, some of the cosmetology licensing requirements off the books because they were requiring a cosmetology license just to braid hair and people were getting in trouble just for braiding other people's hair without a license. And so we, luckily we have a good organization here in Nashville called the Beacon Center. Now we don't agree with them on everything. We agree with them probably on 99% of stuff. There's about 1% of things. They're a little more of a conservative think tank uh, than, than we are. Um, but they did a really good job challenging these licensure laws and got some of them re- reduced. And so now people who are trying to move up in the, you know, the haircutting world, they can at least braid hair now without a license. How nice is that? You know, there was also a license in Tennessee. We could start a whole licensure podcast, by the way. There was another <laughs> license in Tennessee that required you to have one just to, to brush a horse's hair. Huh? Like horses like to be pet too, you know? <laughs> And to get a brush and do it, you had to have a license for it. You had to be equestrian trained, man. And, you know, I doubt. You don't even need a, a license bunch, for a tiger, but to brush I doubt a, a bunch hair of, of a horse. horses who were upset got together and were like, we need to make sure that we are kept safe, man. We've got to do it. No, what really happened was there were a lot of people who did that as a service in some kind of way, whatever, however they were taking care of horses. And then they made sure that they talked to the right people inside the government to make sure that they wouldn't have any competition. And how are they going to make sure that they don't have any competition? They're going to set up some barriers to entry inside of their industry. And I remember one thing with this whole braiding hair thing. There are a lot of people around Tennessee that were upset because they had to go through the process to be able to get their license and now other people are not. And this is what you end up running into is then it's perceived as unfair to stop punishing people who want to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's unfair, but that doesn't mean that you need to keep, you know, it's like the same thing we talk about with corporate welfare. Like, yeah, it's unfair. It doesn't mean you need to put all the other people in a prison too. Like just be happy that the people that come after you are going to be more free. Don't don't make them be less free because you were less free. Yes. That's not fair. I mean, it's it's fair to you, but but not really. Um, do you want to read one or you want me to do my my uh, my BS email real quick? Well, or- uh, hang on a second, because, you know, when you started this out, we started talking about Amazon and how they invented that. And it got me thinking. This is a side tangent here. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking. So I was doing some quick research into what what spurred out of that. Like not only is Amazon employing now over 600,000 people, plus they announced they were hiring a hundred thousand more. So they're, they're employing over 700,000 people. They're making billions in revenue. They created this entire new online e-commerce where they just revolutionized how people shop. And then you look at other uh, companies like Yelp was Yelp was started in 2004. So about, six, seven years after Amazon started in 1997. And because of reviews, Yelp is literally a company that's just based on customer reviews. That's it. And they make all their revenue off of having millions of people check their website just for reviews. So they were started in 2004 by none other than a, uh, form, a few former PayPal employees, Russell Simmons and Jeremy Stoppleton, Stoppelman. And uh, they, they now, their revenue, their revenue last year, was $984 million and they employ over 6,000 people hmm. all from this idea of customer reviews that Amazon invented. 
what about, you know, it's not the only reason, but I happen to believe the the biggest selling point for Uber and Lyft was the reviews. I think that's what made yeah. it so much better at first. Now, it 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 tend, you tend to find people who have a lot messier cars and are a little bit uh, more sketched than you used to a few years ago. But when it first started off, this whole idea, you know, you don't get to review a, t- a cab driver. You don't get to do that. And they treat you like crap. They're, they're not, you know, they're not friendly at all. They're very dangerous to ride with. And I think that was, in, in my opinion, the thing that made Uber and Lyft better. Now, I know that you can get on an app and you can call someone to come pick you up. Now, that's obviously the, the coolest part. But the way that you keep that the highest quality possible was by allowing both parties to review people. So the riders get reviewed by the driver and the driver gets reviewed by, by the rider. And inside of Uber, if your rating goes below, I can't remember, 4.2, something like that, then you're not allowed to get on the app and take trips anymore. And it's this whole review idea. Like, guess what? Cab drivers have licenses. Great. They already had government licenses to be cab drivers. You know what people liked instead? Leaving reviews for people. That's what they liked. So it's That's pretty- what this whole thing proves. I mean – we are able, the market is able to regulate itself. We've even talked about, you know, there are FDA drugs that get approved that still kill people. And if people's whole business and, and everyone always asks the question because they get this false sense of security, like, oh my God, if we don't have the FDA approving these drugs, then they're the pharmaceutical companies are just going to make whatever for a profit. And all these people are going to die. And it's like, if all the people die, there's no more customers to be had and there's no more money to be made. Like, yes, well, companies are, they're started because they are pursuing a profit. You are like, I didn't start my company to say, man, I really hope I go bankrupt one day. Just can't wait for it, man. Can't wait I'm to gonna, go bankrupt. I, I'm going to go perform a terrible service and I want lose my, my job in the next week. Family to go destitutes, you know? <laughs> no, the goal is to pursue a profit to make your life better than what it was before so that your children can have a better life than you do. And hopefully their children have a better life than they do. And then list goes on and on and on. That's why you do. That's why you pursue profit. It's, it's to keep your family safe and to make sure that they have a better life than you did growing up. And then and hopefully it, that keeps going. We talk about the, we talk about prescription drugs all the time. And that sounds, sounds crazy, but we have these these grand ideas for these branding companies that would approve drugs, private companies that would approve drugs, and they would actually need to keep their brand name solid. And you think about these this idea that the drug well, look at the credit just, ratings. The credit ratings do that. They're private. Yeah, yeah. Now, unfortunately, uh, I think there's 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 not enough companies that we go to for credit ratings. Yeah, I did get um, corrupted and, in the housing. In the housing yeah. bubble. Um, so it's partially, and it's probably not a free market. You could probably look at it. There's probably no essence of freedom inside of the credit rating industry. Can you and I start a credit rating business right now? What do you think the, the hoops we'd have to go through right. to have access? If people wanted to give us access to their bank accounts and their past history and all that kind of stuff so we could give them a rating, so Good Morning Liberty could give someone a credit rating, what do you think we'd have to go through to actually be able to do that? I don't even, I, I, we'd probably get in prison. You know, we'd get put in prison faster than the Tiger King get put in prison for killing them five tigers, man. So listen, the thing is, people don't want to sell people things that are going to kill them. That's, that's a, kind of a number one thing. You want to have 
repeat customers and you want to have new customers and businesses know this. Now people mess up and they create something that is dangerous and then it gets pulled off the market. But there's no ram there's no legal ramifications for when the FDA approves a drug and then it goes it it kills people. There's no ramifications for that. How many people do we talk that die in the opioid epidemic that's going on? Probably worse than coronavirus right now. Mm-hmm. People dying from this stuff. And those are FDA-approved drugs, and there's your problem. They're approved by the FDA. Oh, great. They've got this permit. Therefore, everyone should be able to take them, and everything's fine. And by the way, the FDA is going to make sure that those companies don't have any competition whatsoever. And then we'll call it a free market mistake if something bad happens. So it it's just crazy, man. It's and, crazy. And you can learn. If you guys want to learn more, I had somebody. we had somebody message us like, hey, I've got a lot of free time on my hands with this pandemic. And obviously, Good Morning Liberty, this podcast is one of the best places to learn information. But there are a lot of things. If you want to take a deep dive on free the free market solutions that we're talking about and how licensure is bad, regulation is bad, Milton Friedman did an amazing – well, first of all, he wrote an amazing book called Free to Choose. And then there's an amazing YouTube series called Free to Choose that takes a deep dive into this kind of stuff. And he was having debates with different – people and world leaders and, and different business owners and stuff like that. And it is one of the, one of the best series that I've ever seen. So it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing that Milton Freeman had a YouTube back then and uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. He was able to do that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, everyone should check out free to choose. <laughs> it's really good. Charlie, do you want to skip down to the Amazon worker article? I don't, we don't really have to read my email from Bernie Sanders that I got today. Maybe we can he's fin- just, up, he's just upset about BernieLies.com. Maybe we can we'll just, just finish it off. Did you sign up? We should, we should have created a Bernie lies email and signed up with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amazon worker. This is coming from the Huff Post, the Huffington Post, because you know that's one of the best places to get your news. <laughs> They're actually yeah. becoming a lot more fair. They they post other stuff on there um, rather than this crazy thing that I'm about to read. But anyway, uh, from the Huffington Post, Amazon worker fired after staging walkout over company's handling of coronavirus coronavirus risk. Amazon fired an employee who helped organize a walkout at one of its fulfillment centers over the company's response to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic on Monday. Chris Smalls, the employee who helped organize the demonstration, said he felt Amazon had failed to enact adequate measures to protect workers at the facility as many Americans turned to online shopping as stay-at-home mandates expand around the country. Smalls was one of a small group, (laughs) no pun intended, or maybe it was, who walked out at a fulfillment center on Staten Island, demanding the company close the site and sanitize it before reopening. He said Amazon had notified employees at the warehouse of one confirmed case of the virus, but claimed there were several others that hadn't yet been reported. Shortly after the strike, Smalls was terminated after working at Amazon for five years. Amazon would rather fire a worker than face up to its total and then face up to its total failure to do what it should do to keep us, our families and our communities safe. Small said in a statement obtained by Huffington post, I am outraged and disappointed, but I am not shocked as usual. Amazon greedy corporate bastards. (laughs) He didn't say all that, but (laughs) he said, Amazon would rather sweep a problem under the rug than act to keep workers and working communities safe. That must be a pretty big broom they got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these now, problems they face. <laughs> my idea from this was, first off, on the should you be allowed to do this, because they're obviously they're saying it's a bad thing, 
if you're working and you walk out of work, um, then getting fired, you're just going to have to deal with that. Um, that's kind of part of, part of your job is being at your job. And so if you refuse to work and then probably add it in with a little bit of emotional aspect, you also talked a lot of your other fellow employees to refusing to work, uh, then, then maybe you're going to get fired and you're going to have to accept that. That's just kind of part of it. The other thing is I haven't been able to figure out exactly what these companies are going to do because that was part of my Bernie Sanders email too. What the companies are going to do to ensure that there's no contaminated package. I mean, imagine the amount of packages coming through an Amazon fulfillment center and all the places that all those things are coming from. Now, I cannot figure out what they would have to do to be sure that that entire warehouse was wiped clean with a virus uh, that is killing way less people than about 10 other viruses and diseases that are probably have been contaminating that place for the last several years. Anyway, side tangent. Uh, I'm not really Besides sure what just they the should coronavirus. do. I mean, this guy has probably picked his butt before and, yeah. then, and then packed a box. Exactly. So you got feces particles from Chris Smalls probably on some of your boxes at home. No. Check, check the DNA, folks. <laughs> you know, like you can't, we can't just sanitize the world here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the only way to really do that is like, you just have to nuke everything. And it's yeah. like, it's just such, it's, uh, you know, look, Chris Smalls, he is free not only to walk out or stage a walkout or organize one, he's free to do that. And the other thing is Amazon's free to let you go. Like, Hey, nice walkout. Pretty cool, man. You're no longer welcome here. This is a private business. Like we don't have to welcome you to our, our home where we're paying you lots of money to stuff boxes, you know, go dude, do that. Dude, go do probably that somewhere just got a raise too. Yeah, probably. And so it's like, I, you know, I think that if a company is doing something against your beliefs or, or in this case, not handling a situation as you would handle it, then your job is to go work somewhere else. Like it's a free country, man. There are going to be, this isn't the first problem you're going to run into at a company, by the way, they, people are going to do all kinds of things that you disagree with. And it's not like Amazon isn't purposefully putting your life in danger. I'm sure they're taking all the necessary precautions that any company right now that's open, um, like look at Kroger or Publix or all your grocery stores, gas stations are still open. All these people are risking their lives coming to work, trying to make sure other the whole economy doesn't shut down and kill more people. And so it's like, it's up to you, man. If you don't want to be on the front lines here, you know, then, then go work somewhere else and increase your human capital and go get a job where you can work from home, I guess. I mean, at that point, if I'm looking at a business and I'm hoping that they would do something for the workers, I would, I would hope that they could uh, provide them with masks and latex gloves. And aside from that, I don't know what else you are supposed to do. You've got thousands and thousands to millions of packages from all over the world coming through this place all the time. You've got God knows how many people have been in there contaminating the place and how many robots that are, that are really dirty going around in there. And I don't know what else they're supposed to do other than maybe give you some gloves and a mask 
And the problem is a lot of people aren't really going to practice great hygiene with the gloves either because they're going to have gloves on. They're going to end up touching their face at some point in time. Your face is going to itch at some point in time, okay? So it, it's just if you – this is the problem. This is why they gave everyone a raise. Uh, this is why they're – this is why they're hiring more people. Like they need as many people as possible. We just had a 6.6 million uh, unemployment number come out. Like the problem is for this guy is that there are probably in that area 50,000 to probably 50,000 people in that area that would come work for $17 an hour like what he's getting paid. And the problem is if those people will come work for that $17 an hour and not require Amazon to do anything – then they're going to come fulfill his position for him. And that's, unfortunately, that's the market right now. Yeah, I'll tell him. Don't worry, I'm going to tell him about it. Hey, y'all, this just in. I'm getting word uh, from Aaron, I think. Yes, uh, yeah. I'll, this just in, Chris Small's done it. He done it. He done it, man. That's this from Aaron. Whole time, this whole time, I thought that it was Carol Baskins, and turns <laughs> out that it was Chris Smalls. Chris Smalls. That's from Aaron and Maurice, by the way, which if you want to interact with us live and have some fun with us, then you can do that by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty for as little as $5 a month. For as, and gonna, we won't kick yeah. you out. I promise you that our Patreon is wiped clean of the coronavirus. And, <laughs> and once you join and you're giving us $5 a month, we, you will not get the virus from us. I promise you that. There ain't no virus in the, in the Patreon. So patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, little as $5 a month. Talk to us live. We'll interact with you. It's a lot of fun. And you get the, the see, these guys know about this done it, this whole done it thing, man, because that's part of the pre-show and post-show that all you regular listeners aren't getting. So the pre and post-show, that's that's all happening on Patreon. So patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. One question I have for everyone, this is very important, and you guys watching live can answer this. And if you're not watching live, you can send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Who do you guys think should play Joe Exotic in the movie when they inevitably do a movie on this? Because I've had a lot of ideas, and I've seen a couple actors have came out and said that they would be up for playing the role because it's such a massive show right now. Ed Norton said that he would be up for playing the role, and Dax Shepard said that he would be up for playing the role. And uh, if you guys have any ideas... Now, my, my first response was Zach Galifianakis, and I realized that he's not going to look just like Joe Exotic, but he could do the character perfectly. So it depends on whether or not they're going to do a a funny comedy movie or like a, a very serious version of the movie because it could be either one of those things. And then the other obvious one was David Spade because he played Joe Dirt. So, so I don't know. What do you think, man? I, I think uh, Woody Harrelson would be really good at it. Oh, man, that would be a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he could be real funny, and I really like, I like him. Yeah, I like that. Him, like the first, the first zombie land, the first zombie land was so funny. Yeah, and he was even good in Hunger Games. I mean, I thought he, he played a really good role, man. He was part of that big TV show recently. Um, I was on HBO or Stars. True, de- True Detective. True Detective. Yeah. Yeah, he was on season one of that. Yeah. Yeah, played a really crazy one. Maurice says. Right. Maurice says Danny McBride, <laughs> Kenny Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron, you do need to watch it. Oh, watch man. Tiger King. I, I put it off at first, and uh, that was a mistake because I really missed out those two days and just pure pure joy and happiness. It was so good, and it is just, yeah, Danny McBride would be good too. 
<laughs> that would be good. Dang it. Be funny. Man, there's there's some good options for this movie and I and I'm so surprised it hasn't been made into a movie yet, but it's going to be amazing. I think gonna, you're you're writing this movie script right now, aren't you? Getting ready I've, to submit it. I got it. half of it. Yeah. You can't submit yep. it to Harvey Weinstein anymore though. That guy's in prison. Yeah, he we cut off my only connection I had in the Hollywoods. <laughs> and I worked hard for that connection. You sure did. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I know that we said we were going to do a 30-minute episode today. We are at a uh, probably 40 or 45, something like that, according to my OBS window right now. Yeah, we're so, about there. Yeah, so, so it got, if you, it, I'll tell them about the class, and then, uh, I don't know, we got Patreon, stuff like that. But if you guys are interested in the trading class, if you're interested in learning what the stock market is doing right now, and how to make proper decisions when when it does something unexpected like it's done over the last couple weeks, over the last month or so. Well, you want to take the class at MasterMyTrades.com, Liberty Trading Academy. What we're going to do is we're going to teach you up on how to read a candlestick chart. What the heck is a candlestick? You know, how are you going to point out support and resistance? How are you going to point out trend lines? What do you want to know about volume? All this kind of stuff. There, we're going to go through all the very basics from learning how to use the trading software, all the way up to actually implementing some of these strategies that we're trading. So if you guys are interested in learning how to do that, you can use these for day trading, for swing trading, long-term trading, whatever it is that you want to do, Forex trading, all kinds of stuff. And uh, if you guys are interested in that, then go to mastermytrades.com and get signed up today. Do it. You do that. You know what, Nate? I'm going to end on a just a... A quick feel good story here. I know we're out of time, but you know, yesterday I kind of, I broke the, the mood of the feel good. And now I'm going to end on one. I'm just going to let you guys know, pay attention to all the good that's happening around. You know, we do this COVID watch kind of every day. It's, you guys are getting flooded with all this terrible news and all these people are going to die. And it's the worst we've ever seen. And the economy's falling apart. And uh, just remember, there's still a lot of good things going on around there. And so just, just a quick one. Uh, from this is the good news network. If you guys ever need to pick me up, um, this one says these restaurants are giving away free food and coffee to hospital staffers fighting COVID-19. And you see this kind of stuff all over the place. And if you go to, to good news right now, it's uh, goodnewsnetwork.org. It is completely filled with all kinds of people who are just volunteering during this time for our frontline workers. I know my girlfriend said outside of her hospital, they, like built this really cool sign that like pointed to the hospital and said, heroes work here and all that kind of stuff. And and the people who are on the front lines of, of this, I can tell you personally, uh, it really does make a big difference. And so uh, go get yourself, go get yourself some good news because, you know, in, in this time of kind of laying around and, and you know, you know, if you don't, if you're not working right now, then you may feel, start to feel a little depressed and things like that, but there's still a lot of good going on in the world. And the, the most important thing, as I've told you guys the last couple of weeks is just pay attention, pay attention to what's going on around you. And you can do that as I've mentioned before, by making sure you listen to the show every single day. So hit that subscribe button and hit that follow button on Spotify and then go to patreon.com. So you can get all the goodies before and after the show of our live. And then also watch us live and interact and it's, we just have a lot of fun on there. So patreon.com slash good morning Liberty, share the show with a friend. And if you guys do all of that, plus all of that, plus leave us a rating and review. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning Liberty. <laughs>